0: anyway. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Front and Nationwide is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Blue Jackets tickets tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. This isn't just for Blue Jackets tickets, though. Browns, Bengals, Reds, Indians, Crew, you name it, any major league sport, any major league team, Game Time is your app for last minute, highly discounted tickets. Head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last minute tickets. <music> Hello and welcome to Front End Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portzline with you on a Tuesday morning. Good friend Allison Lucan is here.
2: Good morning.
1: Tom Reed's probably with us in spirit. Always. Probably, maybe. <laughs> um, Blue Jackets with a rare one to nothing win last night i was shocked allison looking up through the record book last night the blue jackets have had 97 shutouts now all told that seems like a lot it does actually to me yeah only they've been shut out 120 times but that's not the point of this <laughs> Uh maybe 121 um well one nothing win is rare i believe this is only their 16th of of those in almost 20 full seasons. Eunice Corpusala with 25 goals. Or 25 saves, sorry. And the Blue Jackets uh, get a much-needed win, one nothing. I say much-needed because it is, of course, must-needed. This is that stretch of the year, Allison, where teams historically have started to separate. Even though it doesn't really look like much separation, there is a... a a worrying statistic. If you're not above the playoff bar by U.S. Thanksgiving, about how difficult that can be. I think it's like five percent of playoff teams Great. actually get up and over after that. So they need to they need to stay in in this or within uh, sniffing distance of that wild card line. I also think it was interest. It was important from the goaltending perspective, where you have... They've played mostly pretty well, Unis Corpusello and, and Elvis Merzlikens. But they had what I I refer to as a goalie loss on mm-hmm. Saturday in Winnipeg. In mm-hmm. other words, there are games where the goalie steals it for you. Merzlikens was you know, okay throughout the game. It just makes a boneheaded play at the end. He knows it. And, and fires the puck up the middle. Terrible turnover. We can get into that in a bit. That's the kind of game that can rattle you. Mm -hmm. And the Blue Jackets come home, no practice, get right to it last night, and it's a boring-ass game. But they (laughs) played patient, they played together, and Corposalo, though not challenged a lot, played a very solid game, obviously, with his second career shutout.
2: Yeah, I think so for sure, and I think that – in the context of everything you just said, you know, Saturday, I felt like Elvis took a step back even before that final play. Um, I, I thought he had been progressing game to game, but he didn't look as comfortable to me on Saturday. And I think that in in contrast, uh, Corposalo really did last night. I thought, you know, we talk about the patience of the skaters. I thought he looked composed. I thought he looked patient. Um, And, you know, we hear all the time key saves at key times, but that's really what he did do last night uh, in spades, and and it turned out to give them the win.
1: Yeah, so they won three in a row before they get to Winnipeg. They lose that game. There's an old saying or an old phrase in baseball where the the best starter in the rotation is often referred to as the stopper. So when a team is not doing well and that guy's turn comes up in the rotation, he's the stopper. He puts an end to the to the losing. And it felt like from I felt like it was important for Corpusalo to do that last night. I think there was a growing sense, and I want to get your thoughts on this, that Merzlikens was playing well enough that he was gradually starting to work his way towards challenging Corpusalo. Four starts, maybe even Pratel getting a home start. But to your point, I think that backed up with that loss in Winnipeg because you just you can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. You get they gave it away. They, as John Tortorella said last night, they pissed it away. I think is back now to them riding him. I don't know when they can get Elvis to the AHL. For regular starts, maybe Elvis gets a start this weekend in the back-to-back, but this is clearly Corpy's team.
2: Yeah, I, I I agree, and I think you know, and I and you and I talked about this a little bit off offline yesterday. I mean, look, I if you weren't reminded of the fact that Winnipeg was playing with just four defensemen in that right. third period, uh, you couldn't tell from the way that the Blue Jackets were playing.
1: Yeah, um, there's that too, right?
2: You know, I would have liked to have seen more aggressiveness from the skaters um, in that third period, and particularly when they switch out the goaltenders as well. You've got a goaltender coming in cold, pepper that guy. Um, yeah. Take advantage, challenge the fact that they have a very, very short defensive bench. I mean, going back and forth, just four defensemen on, off, on, off, that's exhausting. Um, so, I, you know, I didn't love the way that the Blue Jackets themselves played in front of Elvis, and you know there's there's always that adage too, of if you're just playing for the tie versus playing for the win, sometimes you get bit as well. Um, but I agree. I think that it was when it became clear this team was playing for for the tie point um, to make that play where part of that is his aggressiveness. Part of that speaks to some of the things in his game that can become assets, um, that play just capped off. Again, not the best performance I think we've seen from him this season. And it just, it you felt a shift. I agree. I think coming into that game, it felt like maybe he was going to start to get more and more of the net. Um, I don't know if maybe that got to him as well. And that's why he was challenging and pushing. Um, but it, it's definitely the, the pendulum has swung in terms of ownership of starts back to Corpusalo after that, in my opinion. Because it's going to take a lot for Elvis to earn. To earn back that confidence, I think not just from the coaches, but from from his teammates as well.
1: Yeah, and apparently Tortorella was just all over him on the bench when they pulled him for an mm. extra skater in the final minute. Not a surprise. Uh, apparently, he was all over him after the game. Not a surprise. It's just and on in and one on one hand, you say that's Elvis trying to make a play. So, just to recap. It's there's under two minutes to play, a puck is sent into the into the blue jackets zone and it basically it's it it just slides right to Corp, to um Alvis. It's an easy stop. He gathers it and tries to make a play with the puck. Tied three three, he's looking for. And I, I couldn't believe it when he said it yesterday, but he's looking for Felino on the far end of the ice. Mm-hmm. He's trying to make a play mm-hmm. in a three three game. On the road in Winnipeg. What are you doing? And sends it up the middle with pretty heavy traffic. And the puck gets gloved down. Boom. Jets score. Jets take a lead, 4-3. That's Elvis trying to make a play and trying to make a difference. I think that's Elvis not getting a lot of starts and wanting to grab it. Totally. Wanting to make a statement in limited time. Totally, he feels like he has to be special in his limited opportunities to make. But in in that sense, also, it's a selfish play because it's putting where you're at and what you want. I think his heart's in the right place, but you can't make that decision in that situation for all of those reasons.
2: Yeah, and I mean, this is this is the thing I want to be careful here about because I, I you're right. I don't think Elvis is a selfish player. Um, and I think that you know the the flip of this is, if you've watched the games, it's quite obvious that a differentiator that Elvis does have over Corpasalo is his puck movement, right? Yes. It's his ability to essentially become a third defenseman back there. And if you're told something is your strength, and if you believe something is your strength, you you use that, right? So the the. Deci- I, I I understand the selfish description, but I don't think it was him saying, I'm going to do this for me to show I'm good um, as directly. I, I don't think it's the right play still, of course. But, you know, it, he's learned it's not it's not the play to make. But I think that it, it is him trying to say, I can make a difference, I can be part of this. And, and, you know, Manny Legacy told us when we talked with him a couple weeks ago, you know, this is a kid too who... He's still learning how to communicate with his teammates and things like that and and get his message across. And so that's why I just want to be careful there with – I'm not going to go out there and say, Elvis Merzlikens is – and I don't think you are either, but he, he's a selfish player and in it just for himself either. I think he's – this was him trying to make a difference. And isn't it funny? This is back to kind of that balance we've seen the skaters in this group go through before between safe as death and <laughs> play responsibly, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm not. I don't think Elvis is a selfish player. I think that's a selfish play, though.
2: Yeah, I hear you.
1: I that's hear just you. not. That's just you're going for gold right there when you just everything's in front of you. Just be fine with it. Um, but it's it, it's a selfish play that comes from the right place if that's possible.
2: Yeah, that's that's and that's the thing. Like there is part of me, and I said this to you yesterday. There is part of me that says. You know, it's part of that you you got to respect the balls on the guy, right? Like, totally. To, to say, you know what, screw it. I'm not happy with a loser point, potentially. Let's get the win. We have time to get yeah, the win. Let's get sure. the win. There is You have to have some respect for that because ultimately you want a guy who, in many positions on the ice, you want a guy who's going to push for the win. Now it's about evaluating the situation better. That's the big part. and yep. des- And deciding when. But I don't want him to lose, in, mm-hmm. in in its entirety, what it was that motivated him to make that choice. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, you know, Allison, I don't think you can deter this kid from it.
2: Well, that's true. <laughs> that's probably I very true. I don't like. I mean, <laughs> I,
1: I think you can calm him. Yes. But I don't think you can take that stuff away from. He's going to be who he's going to be, whether that's here or somewhere else. That's right. I just I just think he is what he is. Um, and he says it. A lot of people say it, but I I, I believe it with him. Yeah. Um, but you, you look at that AHL schedule; it's really not a window, unless they send him on the road or they're fine with him. You know, I mean, being away from the team and sending another backup on the road with Corpusala. I'm not sure how he gets AHL duty here after this weekend for the next stretch. So it, it it may continue. I think that's a big part of this too: is he's just not playing a lot. Sure, that's no one's fault. Right. Um, in other words, and any you know, if anything, it's good job by Corpusala because he's played well enough to continue to demand. Uh, the net, his save percentage, by the way, Corpasell is now up over nine hundred after last night.
2: Yeah, and I mean that's that's Which the thing. For him is impressive, an important barometer. And and you know this is the thing too I think about for yeah. Elvis, and I think it would be unfair for us to deny this. I mean any player, any player, but particularly a goaltender, he still doesn't have his first win, right? That's got to weigh on you too, and oh, and right. to. You, you know, it's easy for us to sit here and talk about this, but I, I was I was thinking about this to myself yesterday, just the mental work that professional athletes have to do in terms of getting over things, knowing what things to hold on to, remaining confident in the face of not succeeding. Like, this is just, I mean, to still not have your first win, whether or not that's deserved, that's not my point, but to to still not have it has just got to be weighing on him for sure.
1: So, uh, as such a prideful player, absolutely, too, absolutely, and, and he brings it. It's heartbreaking how he brings his mom up in every interview. I know. Oh, We're like, oh, because <laughs> you know he's feeling the weight of that as well. That's right. He wants to give his mom. He wants to give his mom a puck. Can can the kid? Come on, the rest of the NHL. Can the kid just give his mom a puck? <laughs> for God's sakes.
2: Well, and that you know that's the thing too. I mean, and and it's probably not as loud as it was, but. I mean, you and I for sure saw it when, when he got that first start. I mean, it felt like the whole of Latvia was <laughs> <What's> up. Yes. <laughs> and oh. And while they may not be as vocal right now because they're seeing how, how things are going, like this kid has a lot of people pulling for him. And that's great, but that also – I I believe he feels that. He carries that with him, and, and that matters to him. And to yeah. your point, he's a prideful guy.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, whether it's there or not, he feels it. I think it is there. That's right. But he, I think he probably feels it more than it is there,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Totally. But it's important to him. It's very important to him. As
2: it should be, you know? Like, again, yeah. do you want a guy who it's not important to? That's right. that's the that's the argument to this. You know, when I see some people with, with criticisms of him and that's they're right, but that's why I wonder, you know, do you want someone devoid of, of what you're criticizing him for? This is about yeah. managing it and applying it properly, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and it's him saying I didn't come here to play in the in the AHL. Right. That's one of those like where you state the obvious and it sounds awful. Right. To some people, of course, he didn't come here to play in the AHL. <laughs> right. And it's nothing against the AHL. That's right. It's not. But he fancies himself an NHL guy. As he that's as
2: him. as you have to to be the best. Yes.
1: Uh, right. How
2: every team comes into the NHL season every year and says the goal is the cup. We don't say that's ridiculous, right? That's yeah, what you well, want your team to say.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they have to believe that that's right exactly. even when it doesn't make any sense to believe it that's right because honestly just to be where they're at in in their careers professionally they they at some point they needed to be audacious with their self-expectations
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. in order to even be this far mm-hmm. yeah so long day at work tough day at school still stuck at the office Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might find a new favorite, too. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code FRONT. F-R-O-N-T. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code FRONT. Don't forget, promo code FRONT for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Now, Allison, one thing, the goaltending is a huge, huge question mark this season. The other thing that I think we both agree has to be Good, if not special, for this team to hang it in it is their pen is their special teams. Mm-hmm. And you may have heard for a long time their power play has been atrocious.
2: I had not heard uh, this. this yeah, news. you
1: may also have heard that Paul McLean was hired as an assistant <laughs> coach by the Blue Jackets in recent weeks. Um, and of course, what's going to happen is that people will point to Paul McLean as dramatically improving the power play just these last few games. Fair. He's here. He gets credit. It has actually been warming for a while. Now, last night was the first time in five games that had not scored a power play goal. They only had three chances last night. The power play was atrocious last night. Not good. Not good. Um, But it has been markedly better than the last 11 games. It has given them a little bit of elbow room and a little bit of breathing room in terms of their goal production. Let's start first with the power play. Um, The personnel is mostly the same. I don't, I'm not sure that it looks all that different to me. I might get in trouble for that, but I think some stuff's going in that didn't go in before. I think players seem to be closer to the net. Mm -hmm. Last night was a huge step back, but what are you seeing on the power play that's allowed this, this team to start getting something out of it something pretty good because it's like 25 percent over the last 11 12
2: games (laughs) right it's it's crazy there's only four games in november that they don't have a power play goal and they have multiple power play goals in two so they're definitely finding their way but you know we do have to be careful here and this is with full respect to to paul mcclain excuse me is that I mean, the guy the guy didn't come in and overhaul this thing, <laughs> yeah. right? And he's hes only been here a few days now. The players have told us that there is some advantage to even just hearing different words and, and different explanation for things that might unlock. It might be the way to communicate to this guy or that guy better so they fully grasp what they're supposed to be doing. Um, but I'm with you. We We haven't seen a massive personnel change. We haven't seen a whole new formation or or a whole new system. Um, there were some tweaks on the entry. I want to watch again last night um, to see, but there were there were a few little tweaks that have kind of been hinted at for a while now. But, you know, part of this, and we've talked about this, part of this is it, it, eventually they have to start falling. It can't be that bad <laughs> for this long. Um, right. but, but I think, too, if whatever it is that helps mentally unlock these guys' minds to just play whatever that is, whether it's Paul McLean, whether it's a new word, whatever it is, I think we're seeing that. Um, I, I go back to the quote that was in your story uh, about the hiring of McLean where Jarmo Kekalainen says that, uh, in this case he said Brad Larson, but really any coach can't have a remote control. <laughs> I mean, you, you can be the best coach in the world. You can't make players do what you're asking them to do. Um, right. And, and that, that is perhaps what I have seen the most is that freeing up of play now as you said yesterday big step back paul's going to have a, a lot of good film <laughs> to talk
1: about yeah
2: with them and and honestly that's good i think in contrast to the previous four games when they did score um but but that's the main change i'm seeing
1: yeah they're th- <laughs> this is great they're 13th in the league in the power play
2: i looked it up too it's great they were and they were t- 11th i think yesterday which again speaks to how much stuff changes this early but that's crazy. Yeah,
1: so they're rolling into town with teams. Teams are coming in here and they're saying, "You know what? Pretty good power play, right. Columbus." Right. People here like, whoa, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! It's terrible." Right. We've been calling for coaches to be fired over that mess. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, for me, it's like teaching a kid math where one parent yes is saying, "Go at the br- br- to the." Br- and, the, and saying it over and over again and the kid can't get i don't, I don't understand and the other parent comes in and says if you have four apples right and you take two apples away how many apples oh right. got it right, right. right you're not teaching anything differently it's just a different sound in your ear it's different words it's 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 a different way of of teaching it's a different way of calming people down i think this team needs to calm people down more than it needs to amp up yeah like whenever this team loses and i think this is universal in the hockey world Whenever this team loses is because they didn't play hard enough people think or they sucked or they didn't care or whatever i almost think for these guys more often than not anymore it's because it's the other direction yeah they just they can't just freaking chill out and play cam atkinson's been in his head all year josh anderson nick felina you've, you've all heard it and I think that I, rather than solving that on the power play, I think it just exacerbates it
2: mm-hmm.
1: because now you're saying, okay, well, you guys are struggling. Where now here's a situation where you should it should be easier for you to do good, right? Right? And then it's like, oh god, more pressure. Now everyone's expecting it. This is supposed to be easy, and it's hard. Right? And I just they get into their way so much. Um, but maybe it's beginning to lift, and maybe if it gets going on the power play, it'll get going. It, is, it has gotten going on the power play. Maybe it'll carry over to, to even strength as well. The, the penalty kill, which was kind of crappy early in the season without getting much heat, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. That's been good of late. What's going on there?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, it, it was interesting. I talked to a couple of the guys uh, last night about it, and <laughs> Zach was actually hilarious. He said, um, well, yeah, we were just out of sync. I mean, we were gone the whole summer. Which, yes, you were Zach. It's true.
1: Um, yeah, they took the summer off. Yeah, they're the team that had summer off.
2: <laughs> but uh, I, I'm I'm hopeful to to dig into this a little more here later this week with some of the guys. The way that penalty kill works, what makes it so effective is it's so aggressive, and they are so in sync in that they can read off each other, knowing when to jump. That's that's how they challenge opponents' power plays. And I think that the the injury to Josh Anderson had something to do with it. He's a huge part of that penalty kill. Maybe it was even bringing in Gavrikov, who's who's seen some time there now um, as a new addition. But it was just the getting in syncness, if that's a word, um, that I think they had to overcome. They're really firing well now. They've only allowed, let's see here, three, four power play goals against in the month of November, and they have eight games where they've not allowed a one. Um, They've had 29 penalty kills, and they've killed off 25 of them. So, you know, we speak to um, the opportunity the power play provides. I think that the the penalty kill often goes unheralded in the reverse. Um, And when you look at how this team plays, when you talk about defensive success – this is, this is the kind of play that really riles up this group or has historically when that penalty kill is going. Um, right. And I think that, again, when we talk about the engine of this team, the penalty kill is part of that. And it, it's, it's just quietly ticking along and getting back to the weapon that it was last year.
1: Um, I can't remember which game it was, but they killed off a four-minute minor. Yes. Folignos?
2: Uh, that sounds right. I'd have to go back and look at my notes, yes
1: but it wasn't the colorado game where he got suspended it was another game yes i felt like that's kind of where the power play started to get its backbone again
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah that's a big moment there yeah um but yeah it it is the way that the way that it works uh, under bradshaw they move in couplings almost right Hmm. And if that's if that's not timed right, it's really bad.
2: Right, and that's yeah. If you and again, we'll have something on this hopefully later this week. If you, the the defense is is a pretty standard pattern, right? They're both there on on either side of the goal, protecting protecting the low areas. But it's the forwards right. who are really, it loosely, it, it's called a wedge plus one. So the one forward stays stationary and forms basically a triangle with the two defenders in the back to kind of protect that dangerous area. And then the other forward is out challenging. And, you know, that's where you see a Cam, a Cam Atkinson is so watching him when he's going on the penalty kill, watching Josh Anderson, Alexander Wenberg, my goodness gracious, is is so quietly excellent on the penalty kill. But it's to your point, it's those two forwards, knowing when to exchange and knowing when to hand off coverage to the defender, quote-unquote, behind them. If right. those transitions aren't in sync, the whole thing falls apart, seams open up, passes happen, shots happen, goals happen. Um, it, it's one of my favorite things to watch when it's working. Um, but, yeah, you yeah. have you have to be in sync with, quite frankly, all three of the other penalty killers on the ice.
1: Yeah, yeah. And A- Atkinson and Wenberg are so good at the quick stick. So good. Yeah, Wenberg is just sneaky. Sneaky great with the picking off passes, um, which is good because those guys are among the group here. We've been banging on this for a while. It, it's 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 unavoidable. These, these are the leaders of the team. Atkinson had a power play goal a couple nights ago. Still isn't, I'm sorry, still not where he needs to be, who he can be. Josh Anderson, I got torts going on him last night after the game. <laughs> yeah. Like he he's got two points, Josh Anderson. That's incredible. It's a twenty seven goal guy from a year ago. And he's sitting at one one two. Yeah. And it's almost December. Yeah. Um, so I had a good chat with Josh yesterday. We'll try to produce that for later today. Just, you know, what's going on with this guy who who looks so it's what's so kind of frustrating about it is he looks so Physically overwhelming. Mm-hmm. That how can his game be small? Mm-hmm. And his game's been small a lot of nights. Mm-hmm. Um, I think lately we've started to see him use his body more. Mm-hmm. But he, it's it's either it's either he he wants to be a skilled guy or he wants to be a physical forward, and he hasn't found a way to to meld the two of those things together. Um, but he's got to figure it out. It, he to me is even more alarming than Cam. And I wonder where you come in come in on this.
2: Mm it's interesting. I, you know, it's, I, I, Tort said this and I agree. I thought that Josh's best game of the season was Saturday in Winnipeg. I thought that was the closest we've seen him back to quote unquote Josh Anderson. Um, who do I think is more alarming? It's, it's interesting because it's, the question is both of them getting back to their game of who they are. Um, gosh, I don't know which one's more alarming. To offer your case for why it's Josh over Cam.
1: Well, for I mean, for me, so Cam's Cam's continuing to pile up points in some manner.
2: Fair, okay.
1: Um, and there are times where he's shooting the puck. He's there. He's he's noticeable. He hasn't scored, but you see me go, eh, that's Cam. That's going to start going in at some point. The shots are there. I think he still leads the team in shots with eighty. Um, but jo- Josh Anderson should be a noticeable player should be an impactful player when Eric Robinson is doing a better impersonation of Josh Anderson than <laughs> Josh Anderson is I go whoa that that's not right and I just haven't like I mean I me put it this way Vladislav Gavrikov has more points than Josh Anderson yeah yeah like that can't B, Dean Kukan has as many points. Andreas, uh, sorry, Jakob Lilliet has as many points. The only guy that Anderson's looking down on points-wise are Scott Harrington and Cole Sherwood. And This is a damn near 30-point guy who's in a contract year, and I don't see him. I don't notice him out there.
2: Yeah, I, I pulled up while you while you were talking, I looked, and both of them have had a drop-off in their underlying metrics, how much they're shooting, what are the quality of those shots, um but Josh's is definitely the the more significant and as I look here, let's see, I'm looking at how the team is doing with both of them on the ice. I mean they're both they're both part of allowing a lot more and the the team is for sure, but um well let's see here. Actually Josh is actually better excuse me, Cam is better defensively Josh is pretty much holding water. So if we go down to the brass tacks of it, the individual performance of it, Josh has definitely had the steeper drop-off when we look at things like how many times is he shooting, what is the quality of his shots. And I mentioned this to you offhand. I haven't looked at it for this year yet. But even going into this year, every year Josh's average shot distance, so how far away from the net he shoots, has gone up. Um, mm. And I haven't looked at this year yet, but I'd be curious to see if that's the case again this year.
1: I get, and to put it another way, like Cam Atkinson can break your heart with a goal if you're the opponent. Yes, but that comes and goes, right? Yes. For everybody, Josh Anderson can overwhelm you,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that shouldn't come and go. Mm-hmm. Like some nights are going to be more than others, but the physical part of it. Unless he's hurt. So part of the conversation yesterday, not to ruin the story that we'll post later, but was, hey, listen, like, I don't want to – I've been told you're not hurt. Right. No, no, I'm, I'm fine. Because I don't want to bury a guy and say, like, he's playing like shit. Right, right. Has played like shit all year when he's, you know, privately is doing everything he can just to be on the ice. Right. And he's limited, and everybody knows he's limited, but he, he's giving – the team, everything he's got. You don't want to be that guy. Sometimes you write the story and you don't know, but you, you, you try to find out as much as you can. And Josh said, well, I wouldn't tell you if I was hurt. I'm like, <laughs> understood, although he did in training camp between, right. you, between us, <laughs> just between <laughs> friends. Um, he told everybody. Um, but he's not hurt. He said he's not hurt. There's no there's nothing keeping him from playing like Josh Anderson. So, okay. Okay. So I one assumes the next 60 games are going to be just unbelievable because there's some lost time to make up for, for sure. Him and several others. Now, it's not just him, but for me, he's become the most alarming of the group.
2: Well, and, and he too is – we've talked about this before. I think when Josh Anderson is going, he's the personification of the identity of this team, right? Um, and so for that right. not to be there is is problematic as well.
1: Fast, big, strong relentless yep. yep yeah all of those things all right Allison anything else we need to get to
2: I think that is it it's a busy week ahead and we've got something special coming out tomorrow as well so people should watch for that I don't know if you want to say any more or we want to let it surprise people hmm. on its own
1: no let's let's yeah I mean they're kind enough to fire up the podcast <laughs> why not give them a little nod so the the um, athletic is doing a the last decade. It's hard to believe the decade's almost over. It's crazy. I know. I didn't even think of it in those terms. But so they asked us to produce the 10 most important moments for the Blue Jackets from 2010 until the end of 2019, which of course isn't, there's still time for an important moment, I suppose. Um, but so we've got the top 10 important moments uh, for the Blue Jackets coming out tomorrow
2: and a bonus pod
1: yeah and a bo- right and a, well, that's right and a bonus long one
2: a, a good one debate yes yeah, so if you're debate so ensues. If,
1: if you're driving over the river and through the woods these next couple of days um, that'd be a good podcast to fire up and, and listen to because we kind of go in we kind of go in on the on the 10 biggest moments and explain why a few things didn't make the top 10 right that's right yeah it's all there so thanks for listening and thanks for for uh, reading our stuff as always thanks for watching those awful post-game videos. <laughs> and we will uh, talk to you guys soon. Happy Thanksgiving. We won't see you or talk to you until then through this medium. Uh, thanks to our producer, Adam Gracia. Thanks to the great David Cook for our theme music. it um, has been there with us since day one of this this Front Nationwide podcast. Allison, anything to add?
2: Just happy American Thanksgiving, everybody.
1: Happy American Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you soon